<laughs> I'm having so much fun with this app. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh crap, I'm recording. Um, <laughs> I've had a lot of questions from the start before I even got onto this app. Because I've always wondered, how do I reach out to others? How do I get myself heard? How do I get paid to even get heard? The answer to this question is so easy. It's not even funny. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. With the arms of the great mother ever surround me With the arms of the great mother ever surround me I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace With the arms of the great mother ever surround me With the arms of the great mother ever surround me I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace. With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace. The arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. The arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace. The arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. The arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace. With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace. With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. With the arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. 
I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace. With the arms of the Great Mother, ever surround me. With the arms of the Great Mother, ever surround me. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's embrace. I invoke the protection of Divine Mother's grace. With the arms of the Great Mother, ever surround me. The arms of the Great Mother ever surround me. Good morning, my beautiful lovelies. Welcome back to Truth Sickle. This is Nanami Suzuki coming at you live from Michigan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today's topic is dragons. <laughs> Ooh, I hate my cough. Ugh, I hate it with a passion. Since my body won't let me sleep anymore, I might as well get up and do some work. So, like I said, today's topic is dragons, and we're also going to throw in some topics about automatic writing and spiritual contact, because apparently there are some people who are asking me about how to do that. So, let's get into it.
Welcome back to Truthicle. This is the part where I talk about dragons. Um, <clears throat> well, dragon guardians. More precise. I am sure that some of you are aware of the fact that dragons exist in the astral plane. For those of you who are new to this topic, I'm going to be using examples and personal experiences from bloggers and my own personal experience because. I feel like it is time to share some truths. I will also be doing some something called automatic writing as well. <coughs> but that would be later in the next segment of this episode. Now, let's move on to the topic of Dragon Guardians and what they are. Okay, I've done some reading and research on Dragon Guardians, but I think there is a rift in opinions, seeing that my Dragon Guardian has been calling me his mistress. This was strange to me until he explained to me my status in the spirit world. My status, he told me, of a lesser deity. Quite frequently, he has brought it up to remind me, I suppose. But the role of a dragon guardian for a human is far different than that of a human... far different than that of a lesser deity's guardian dragon, because in the case of a human, the dragon must choose you, whereas for a lesser deity, the dragon is assigned to you. Not everyone who is human has a guardian dragon. But those who do are preparing themselves to become dragons in the next life. Those willing to embrace dragon magic and wisdom along with the culture are generally quick to resonate with that path. Once one completely accepts who they are and their fate, their education will be easier for them. I am stating this as my own guardian dragon is telling me. I am learning from him about my role as a lesser deity, and part of the lesson I am learning is to accept my role and embrace who I am. <clears throat> you see, as Pharaon has told me, several times that I am a lesser deity. <clears throat> At first, 
I didn't like that because I don't feel like a lesser deity. But recently I've come to accept this as truth and have realized that if it it is indeed better not to fight against my own fate. Goodness, it is difficult for me to speak. That was an interesting situation. Okay. Okay. I guess you are all wondering why I am suddenly talking about this. Why I'm bringing it up so casually. And most of you will question my mental state. <laughs> I assure you that if I were completely mental, I would never ever say I am. <clears throat> but naturally, I believe the whole world is completely mental. So I would admit happily that I am too, the, that I too am also mental. Ah, uh, see, a truly mad person wouldn't say they are so. No one, <laughs> not even one bit. A truly mad person would deny it outright and never be able to accept it, regardless of how much you attempt to convince them. Now, do I sound mental still? <laughs> or are you troubled by my claim of divinity? Mind you, your Jesus was the same. However, he never outright claimed it. Um, he never outright claimed his status. He just simply called Yahweh Father, and rightfully so. Indeed, Yahweh is his father, but Christians have it all wrong. You see, their ancestors were very keen on a sacrifice for their sins, but look around. Does it seem like that sacrifice did any good? I'll tell you this. Multiple deities over the centuries have come to earth and made themselves flesh and bone, not for the purpose of being your savior, but for the purpose of teaching the truth. None of you have ever accepted the truth and have deemed it heresy or blasphemy. I tell you now, those who shout blasphemy and heresy in an effort to defame the truth speakers are indeed themselves heretics and blasphemers. Hi, Mom. Welcome home.
She's on the phone again. <laughs> she must have good news. That big smile on her face, I can tell she's got good news. <laughs> no, I was just, there's three colts out there in the pen. Of course they're doing that. I would consider that good news. <coughs> a sign that the animals are happy. If the animals are happy, I am 100% happy. As rightfully so, those horses should be respected. And they are treated well. <laughs> um, let's see, where was I? Okay. Now, let's get back on track. I believe several people have questioned what a dragon would be doing teaching humans and lesser deities who have become human. Truthfully, dragons have their own hierarchy. Each dragon has a specific role and therefore cannot perform any other task but the task given them by the supreme dragon. The Supreme Dragon is literally the most powerful dragon, and he has total rule over all dragons. In a sense, he is their king, and must always be respected. Even gods have to respect him. This is the way it is, and always has been. Those who disrespect the Supreme Dragon are usually banished from the dragon realm, banned from ever speaking to a dragon, and or ultimately killed. So yes, dragons are creatures deserving of great respect. Let's take a quick look. Let's take a break here. I'm sure you all could use a bit of a mental break. I'm sure your minds are on information overload, and I do need a break. To gather myself once again, it is now 3.45 p.m., as when I wrote these um, scripts down, and I will be back again around 6 to talk about automatic writing and possibly teach you how it works so that you can also give it a try. Alright, let's get this break going. You guys have a wonderful time. I'll let you guys process everything I spoke of, and we'll speak of this again in the next segment. Alright. Blessed be. Did you know that the elemental dragon guardians are gender fluid? Well, I bet you didn't. Now you do. Okay. Good vibrations only. Tell your homies to tell your homies. I got the love if they feeling lonely. I'm feeling good. Got my crystals on me. Of course. Y'all don't even know about the courts. Y'all don't even know about the force. I'm about to knock down the door. Then come manifest me some more. Y'all feel like Hey Hatchlings, it's Dragonfeather and welcome back to the channel. If you are new here, thank you so much for clicking on this video and don't forget to leave a like and subscribe for more as I post new videos every week. And for today's episode, we will be having an epic video. We have the ultimate beginner's guide and master post for working with the elemental dragon guardians Grail, Nalian, Fafnir, and Ceres. For those of you guys who are unfamiliar with these dragon guardians, these are the elemental guardians that are the personified 
modifications of the elements earth, water, fire, and air themselves. And in today's video, we're gonna talk about how you can get to know them, a little bit about each of them, how to work with them, a ritual to work with them. And if you want some more information that I was not able to cover in this video, please go check out my post that I made within the Hatchling Clan and other aminos that I am in that will include a very extensive list for correspondences, offerings, how to honor each guardian, how to summon each guardian, how to pray to each guardian with an example prayer for each of them, ritual layout, all that awesomeness as well as more resources that you can reference will all be included in that post linked down below. It'll be the first link for you, so don't forget to go check it out. Don't forget to stick around to the end because we have an awesome Q&A for you by the questions all the hatchlings have left on Instagram at Azura Dragonfeather. If you're not following me already, don't forget to go follow me so you can be a part of these Q&As in the next video. So the elemental dragon guardians are Grail for earth, Nalian for water, Fafnir for fire, and Ceres for air. And these guardians are known as the personification of the elements themselves. They are the primordial energy of these elements themselves and are present within each of these elements wherever you go in the world. Even when you're drinking water, you are in essence with Nalian. If you are walking outside, you are in essence with Grail. If you feel the breeze on your face, if you take a deep breath in, that is the essence of Ceres and if you feel the warm sun on your skin or lighting a candle that is the essence of Fafnir. So we want to learn a little bit more about these guardians, how we can work with them and how to get to know them a little better. The elemental dragon guardians are very high ranking in the draconic realm. This means that we will address them as Tasurzurus. But Tasurzurus is a term that we use to address very ancient, very celestial and almost godlike um, deity dragons that we work with. With the elemental dragon guardians being the personification of the elements themselves, it's really important to remember that they are very high-ranking, that we really need to respect them, and that's why we will address them as Tasurzurus, and you can also address them as their names, Grail, Nalian, Fafnir, and Ceres, but if you want to be more respectful, I recommend saying Tasur Azurus. Encountering the elemental dragon guardians is very slim to none. You most likely will never meet them face to face. If you work with them, if you pray to them, if you offer them things, if you work with them on a regular basis, they will always be with you, but they just might not make themselves known to you and what I mean by that is that they won't give you a huge overwhelming sensation that they are present in the room or space or outside with you rather they'll just kind of silently watch you what you need stuff like that and work with you in silence if you will as dragons tend to be more silent listeners and observers rather than very noisy you know, hey, look at me, I'm a dragon. Not all of them are really like that, so it's just important to know that it may take a while for you to actually contact these dragon guardians. Let's get on a little bit more into each dragon guardian, specifically how you can honor them, the differences, and some more information about each one of them. So Grail is the elemental dragon guardian of Earth, and Grail is pronounced Grail, even though it's spelled G-R-A-E-L, it's pronounced G-R-A-I-L. Grail is the steadfast and strong, sturdy and stubborn dragon guardian, maybe slow to work with, maybe very, very sedentary and things like that. Great guardian to work with if you need strength, if you need structure, and if you need guidance. I really recommend working with the elemental dragon guardian of Earth when you are practicing green witchcraft 
when you are growing herbs, when you are working with fairies, because yes, dragon guardians are the guardians of the realm of the Fae. Call upon this guardian when working with the element of earth and when working with other spirits, creatures, or deities of the earth. So that's something very important to consider. Also, we have a prayer for Grail. So if you want to summon Grail, this is an example that you may choose to use. Grail, guardian of earth, please ground out my mind. Keep me focused, just, and strong throughout the land, guide, kind. Pronounce this out loud. You can say it in your head. You can repeat it over and over again, or just once, or as many times as you want in order to summon the elemental dragon guardian of earth. Some correspondences for Grail are as follows, but the rest of them that I do not mention in this video will be available in the post linked down below. Some colors that are associated are brown, forest green, gold, mint, green, yellow, some other ones too. For crystals we have ametrine, copper, amazonite, emerald, gold, green aventurine, iron pyrite, malachite, things like that. For herbs we have cannabis, cypress, fern, patchouli, mugwort, vervain, and the season is spring and the direction is south or north depending on how you choose to practice. Some things that you can offer grail are crystals, dance, homegrown herbs and fruit, living plants, money coins, and planting trees for grail. When working with grail I recommend going outside into a deep foresty nature area. One thing that's common with the elemental dragon guardians is you probably aren't going to hear much from them unless you go outside out into nature. Those are the only times that I have truly felt the presence of all the elemental dragon guardians because I have met all of them finally. <laughs> so years later, I recommend going outside because that's going to be the best place for you to contact them because keep in mind these are primordial energies. They don't really want to come inside your tiny little room. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that you are outside in a foresty area. You can also be in a cavern. You can also be in a tropical forest or some place that's like a lush grassland for meeting the elemental dragon guardian of earth. If you want to learn more on how to honor grail and how to summon grail and some myths, legends, and lore as well as some other resources on grail, please check out the post in the hatchling clan linked down below. Next we have Nalian, which is the elemental dragon guardian of water. It is spelled N-A-E-L-Y-A-N, although it's pronounced N-A-I-L-Y-O-N, so like Nail Yon, but it's spelled like Yan, Nail Yan, but you don't say it that way, you say it Nail Yon. If you want to contact Nalian, we have a prayer to Nalian, and this prayer is Nalian, guardian of water, please heal my inner sea. Help me flow, reflect, and feel throughout this life calm will be. Something again that you can repeat over and over and over again to summon Nalian. You can say it once, you can say it three times out loud in your head, whatever works best for you. The correspondences we have for colors, we have aqua, azure, blue, blue green, cyan, navy, silver, and teal. Wow, that sounded a little strange. <laughs> for crystals, we have aqua oricorts, aquamarine, azurite, blue lace, agate, lapis lazuli, sapphire, sodalite, and silver. For herbs, we have apple blossom, cannabis, chamomile, cherry, jasmine, lily and lotus and the season is autumn and their direction is west. Some things that you can offer Nalian are cannabis, clean water sources, water from a clean water source, jewelry, moon water, pearls, shells, wine, any sort of water like that you decide to make an elixir will also do as well. When you want to work with Nalian, if you want to connect with Nalian, my 
biggest recommendation and probably the best way you're gonna meet an alien is if you go to the oceanfront or an oceanfront and meditate at about dusk or at nighttime during a full or dark moon. That has been my best experience. The most prominent time I have met an alien was when I was at the beach under a dark moon and it was just pitch black except for the city lights reflecting off of the waves. So it was very, very enchanting to say the least. And since the ocean is like the most powerful source of water, it's probably, it's probably pretty easy to meet an alien out there in the water, you know what I'm saying? So that's why we're gonna go to the waterfront and you can also meet them at say a lake, a river, a waterfall. The larger bodies of water are going to be easier but if you are at just a natural source of water that is a great way to contact an alien, especially by running your hands through the water that is naturally moving with the earth. If you want to learn how to honor or summon an alien, some myths, legend, and lore about this dragon guardian as well as some extra resources you can check out the post linked down below to the Hatchling Clan for more info. Next we have Fafnir the Elemental Dragon Guardian of Fire and this is spelled F-A-F-N-I-R but is pronounced F-A-F-N-E-E-R like near not like Nier because that's kind of how it's spelled so we're gonna call him Fafnir instead of the way it's like spelled. Now we have a prayer and this prayer is Fafnir Guardian of Fire Please help incinerate my fear. Push to be confident, passionate, and powerful throughout our realm, light clear. You can pronounce this over and over and over again, inside your head, outside, however you feel like it. And you can do this as many times however you wish in order to invoke the power and the presence of Fafnir. Next, we have a couple of quick correspondences. Again, more will be available in the post down below. For colors, we have auburn, carmine, crimson, gold, orange, red, rose gold, scarlet. For crystals, we have amber, bloodstone, carnelian, citrine, fire agate, fire opal, garnet, red jasper, rhodochrosite, ruby, and sunstone. For herbs, we have basil, cannabis, cedar, cinnamon, chili, dragon's blood, holly, pepper, rose, rosemary, snapdragon, and sunflower. The season is summer, and the direction is south or east, depending on what you wanna use for your practice. Some offerings are bones, cannabis, fire, gold, incense, jewels, spices, and raw meat. Yummy, let's give some dragons some raw meat because wouldn't they appreciate that? They would appreciate that. If you don't eat meat, maybe not for you, but if you do, it's a great way to give them an offering, especially if you caught the prey or the meat yourself to give them. When working with Fafnir, it can be a little tricky finding a natural fire source since going directly to a volcano is probably way too dangerous for you. Please don't do that. Don't go to a volcano. You'll probably die. That is honestly going to be the best place to contact Fafnir is at a volcano. But because it's so dangerous for us, one of the best ways to do so is to go outside during the highest point in the sun and to meditate within the heat of the sun. And that's going to help us connect with Fafnir. For those of you guys who actually may have safe access to a volcano, you can meditate near there and maybe try and meet Fafnir that way. Good luck. Do not try it at home. I am not encouraging that. I'm just saying if you are a professional in that situation and you want to connect with this guardian in a situation like that and you're lucky enough to be able to go to a volcano in the safe of the things, then I recommend doing that. If you want to learn how to honor and summon Fafnir, as well as learn some myths, legends, and lore about Fafnir, honestly, Fafnir has the most mythology, legends, and lore behind him, rather than like all the other dragon guardians, so 
pretty good ones, as well as some resources on Fafnir that I did not really mention in this video will be linked in the post for you down below. Lastly, we have Ceres, and Ceres is the elemental dragon guardian of air, and it is spelled S-A-I-R-Y-S, and is pronounced S-A-Y-R-I-S-S, -S. so like Ceres, you know what I'm saying? not Sarah Weiss, because <laughs> that's kind of how it's like spelled. We have a prayer to Ceres. Ceres, guardian of air, please soar through the sky. Show me knowledge, clarity, and insight. Throughout this world, may we fly high. And quick correspondences are colors. We have baby blue, eggshell, gray, lavender, mint, pale yellow, silver, and white. Crystals, we have blue lace, agate, citrine, clear quartz, lamaria, rainbow aura quartz, smoky quartz, and topaz. For herbs, we have anise, aspen, cannabis, cotton, dandelion, frankincense, hazel, ivy, lavender, lemongrass, mistletoe, moss, and yarrow. The season is winter, and the direction is north or east, depending on who you're working with, what you wish to do. Some common offerings are bells, sound, cannabis, fabric, feathers, incense, music, wind chimes, any sort of thing like that. Chanting is also a good offering too. When working with Ceres, you want to go out into a place where you can look at the sky clearly as well as feel a nice breeze. And while you're outside, preferably in a, in a naturey area, at the top of a tree perhaps, or as high as you can get, this is going to be the best way to contact Ceres. If you want to learn more about honoring or summoning Ceres, as well as some myths, legend, and lore about Ceres, and some resources, that'll be linked down below for you. Now, if you wish to contact these elemental dragons guardians we have an elemental guardian ritual for you again all of the detailed step-by-step -step instructions will be in the post link down below for you but this is a beginner level ritual to call upon the four elemental dragon guardians use this ritual to honor connect and develop your personal relationship with the guardians this is a way to get in contact with them some of you may have asked me like oh is there a way to do it you got to do it individually if you just want to work with them i recommend using this ritual that i've written for you so you can contact them all at the same time to kind of initiate yourself into working with them. Step number one is ritual prep. This is where you're gonna get your space together, all of your items, what day, what time, what space are you doing it in. Next you're gonna cleanse your space. What form of cleansing are you gonna use? Are you gonna use incense? Are you gonna use mist? Are you gonna use bells or sound? What are you gonna use to cleanse your space? Step three is grounding. You can do this with whatever method you want. This could be standing like I showed in my how to cast your circle video. This can also be meditating on the ground. Um, however this works best for you, it's really essential to ground before you cast your circle, which is step number four. If you have not seen my video on how to cast and close your own circle, please check that video out before trying this ritual as that'll tell you everything you need to know about casting your own circle before you do it for the first time if you've never done so. If you have done so, do it however you want, however you're most comfortable, and with whatever materials you have. Step number five is call the elemental dragon guardians. You're going to need a candle for each of them to call upon them, say the prayer that is included in the post and that I mentioned in this video, and then light the candle while saying the prayer, and that is to invoke them and call upon them within your space. Number six is elemental connection. So once all the elemental dragon guardians are present, you're going to sit in this space and thank them for being there with you take a moment to acknowledge each elemental dragon guardian their energies what are they really bringing to your space as well as what energy do they embody 
what kind of feeling do they invoke within your ritual space and take the time to connect with them individually at this time. Step seven is presenting them offerings. I included offerings within this video as well as the post link down below. And if you bring something for each individual dragon guardian, now is the time to present those offerings to them as again, a way to show gratitude for them being there with you, a way to honor their existence and a way to give thanks and as a way to balance the relationship because if they're giving you magic, if they're giving you energy, if they're showing up to your ritual, you don't want it to be one-sided. You want it to be an equal exchange of energy. So you want to give them offerings. It's very important. Step number eight is a magical exercise. This is entirely optional. This is where you would insert any spell work that you do. Maybe you're creating a talisman. Maybe it's a necklace to dedicate yourself to working with them. Maybe it's something that you make to honor each of them. Maybe you're making a draconic book of shadows. Maybe you're doing any of those things. So this is the time to perform those magical exercises and that is what's going to be the best for you during this time. However, it is optional so you can skip this step entirely if you choose to do so. Step number nine is the cakes and ale ceremony and this is a time for you to provide them with drink and food. Remember, they're not going to physically eat it, they're going to energetically consume it so it's not going to physically disappear before you. As cool as that would be, that's not how it works. This is an important step to commune with your guardians, to develop a friendship, a personal connection. Um, this is a very like Wiccan practice is to have a cakes and ale ceremony. You don't have to, but I do recommend incorporating it at least the first time you try it to really have that like sit down a table type feel with them where you eat with them, talk with them, all of that and get to know them better while you exchange that mutual may you never hunger, may you never thirst within your ritual space. Step 10 is celebration. This is your time to get wild within the circle, to dance, to sing, to play. This is your time to celebrate having them with you and to build a more friend connection with them and to make some memories with the guardians as well. After you have done all of that and raised all your magical energy, step number 11 is to meditate and kind of center yourself within yourself to enjoy the moment and atmosphere that you have created and to enjoy the last little moments that you have with your guardians before it's time to close your circle. Now this is really important before closing your circle because within your circle again you've raised so much energy, you were wild, you did all these things, it's really important to bring yourself back down to reality as much as that sounds kind of lame and boring, but it's really essential for your health, your well-being, and for the smooth running of the ritual. Step number 12 is to dismiss your guardians. Again you will go to each of their candles and you will say go if you must, stay if you will, thank you and farewell, Nalian, Fafnir, Saris, Grail, whoever you are doing it in the order that you choose to do it. There is a specific order in the post, but you can do whatever you're most comfortable with. And instead of blowing out your candles, you're going to snuff your candles. If you do not have a candle snuffer, you can use a glass-like candle container and do it that way. You can also use something that's fire safe over the candle. Pretty much anything you can do, but I definitely, definitely, definitely recommend snuffing the candles out, not blowing them out, because blowing them out is disrespectful towards the guardians and towards the spirits. So just snuff that bitch, you're cool. Step number 13 is to close the circle. You're going to close the circle in the opposite way that you casted it or however you feel most comfortable. Again, if you have not seen my how to cast and close a circle video, that'll also be linked down below and at the end of this video for you to understand, get to know, and how to really do that process. And also if you've done it before, do whatever method works best for you. And lastly, we have step number 14, which is grounding and reflecting. After the circle is closed, you're going to ground the same way that you grounded before you even started 
your ritual. This is to return any extra energy to the earth because you do not need that. It'll, you know, cause you nausea, headaches, fatigue, all the things if you keep it inside of your being. So you want to ground it, return it to the earth. It's really important. And then when you're done, you're going to reflect by writing down your experience so you can have that for later reference to look back on for information to see if it worked for you and to document your progress moving forward. The magical things you can do with your guardians are with Grail, you can plant anything, especially trees, with the intention of healing Mother Earth. You can care and clean the land, wildlife, and your local area. Leave offerings for the spirits of the land, plants, and trees in Grail's honor. You can also perform an earth offering with Grail at your local nature, tree, whatever place of nature that feels most comfortable to you. It can even be a plant if you don't got much. For Nalian, you can clean local water sources to minimize pollution levels. You can stop buying plastic bottled water to reduce your impact on the environment. You can leave offerings for the spirits of water, river, lakes, and oceans in Nalian's honor. You can perform an offering to the water spirits with Nalian at your local water source or with water of your choice. For Fafnir, you can focus on cultivating your inner fire in the name of Fafnir by candles, fire starters, and flammables that are not negatively affecting the environment or atmosphere. So for example, don't use like fireworks. It's not really good for the environment. You can also leave offerings for the spirits of fire during the sun's highest part of the day. Perform an offering for the spirits of fire during the fire festivals on the wheel of the year. For Ceres, you can not purchase anything or use anything that would pollute the air quality like aerosol cans. Meditate in the breeze to gain insight, wisdom, and knowledge. Burn incense and aromatic vapors for offerings to the air spirits and perform an offering on a windy or stormy day to call upon the spirit of air in Ceres's honor. So those are some things that you can do with the elemental dragon guardians that are magical in nature. Some crafting things that you can do with them include for grail, making an earth jar, treasure offering box, or a DIY stick pentacle. For Nalian, that is a water jar, shell runes, DIY scrying bowl. For Fafnir, it's a fire jar, fire offering dish, or a DIY candle. For Ceres, it's a cloud jar, feather fan, or a DIY incense cones. So you can make all of these things, like I said, in the post within the Hatchling Clan. Links to tutorials on how to make all of these things will be included, as well as um, some more things that you can do. Uh, there are other things that you can do that aren't necessarily included, or may not really be able to find on the internet that you can just do yourself. These are just some examples for you to choose from if it's your first time working with them. If you want to learn some interesting facts about each of the Dragon Guardians, please go check out the post down below. But that's about all I have for you guys for today. Before we get going, I'm going to answer a few questions that you guys asked me on Instagram for your Q&A. And I'm just going to answer maybe five questions from you guys. And please, please, please follow me on Instagram if you have not already so you can be part of the next Q&A. Lavender Sky asked, which ones are male and female? I can't find any info on this. So elemental dragon guardians and any dragon guardians that you work with in general do not have a gender. Yes, I said it, they are genderless. They aren't really male or female and they'll present themselves to you as ma more masculine energy or more feminine energy depending on how you perceive them, how you work with them. For example, Nalian, I have encountered Nalian a handful of times both being more feminine energy and being more masculine energy so it's really hard to tell and give them a definite gender. So for example, earth and water are more feminine elements where air and fire are more masculine elements. So that could be a way to work with them, but again, they don't have gender. They are just entities that are genderless that 
emit more masculine or more feminine energy depending on what you're most comfortable with. Ulfskater99 asked, what's the difference when dealing with elemental dragons than the normal elements? When you're dealing with the elemental dragons, you are dealing with the spirit, the heart and the soul of the element rather than just the element itself. The difference that I mean with that is like, Say you were all these vines and leaves that are in my background. Say you were working with the element of earth, you would work with the vines that are around you, or you would work with the plants or the trees or something like that. But when you're working with the elemental dragon guardian grail for earth, you are working with the spirit, the essence, the, the core like energy of earth. It's so much more than just a tree. It's so much more than just the vines. It's the essence that keeps them alive. It's the essence that flows through the element itself. And it's all of the characteristics of the element wrapped up into one conscious being. You're not really gonna get much of like a, a friendship interaction with the spirit of a plant. Yes, it's possible. And most definitely has been done before. But when you work with Grail, it's a much more powerful, prominent, primordial energy. So that's just an example and it's the same way when it works with the other elemental dragon guardians versus their elements. Callie Stella asks, is there any reason for chaos element don't have a specific dragon guardian? Kind of confusing, but I think what you mean is, is there a reason why the chaos dragons don't have an elemental guardian like Grail, Nelian, Fafnir, and Ceres? Honestly, I would not be surprised if they do. I just don't think that they're very easy to contact, therefore pretty much no one knows about them. I haven't really tried to work with a chaos dragon that is like the elemental guardian of them i definitely would not like um, dismiss the idea of them existing i do think it's possible but i think it's really important to consider that maybe we just don't know them and if they exist maybe you just need to reach out to them and really be dedicated about it i don't really know i've never worked with them like i said and it's not in any books that i've read so it's kind of something that you got to figure out on your own and that's kind of the way the draconic path is and when you're just working with dragons no matter what your spiritual religious or beliefs are anything like that you can work with dragons i just i haven't seen any of that anywhere so a grain clouds asked should you connect with them each individually and form one-on-one -on -one relationships before working with all four i think that is a matter of personal preference i started working with them all together before i really started developing a relationship with them together individually because i wanted to make myself known to them first and more so dedicate myself to working with them collectively rather than one-on-one -on -one. like now I'm more so working with them one-on-one -on -one, like asking like specific guardians questions rather than like oh hey like all you guys like hit me up like doing rituals with them individually and this like I said is a very beginner introductory like ultimate guide to working with all of them but in the future I will be coming out with videos and guides working with each gra dragon guardian specifically so that'll be more geared towards if you want to just maybe work with one of them or if you want to like work with them individually before working with them together but it's honestly just a matter of personal preference and what feels best for you I started working with them all together but you don't have to it's again up to you Julie's palace of love says do they work with anyone? Um, no, <laughs> they don't. They pretty much won't work with you unless you're dedicated actively, you believe in them, and you really mean business when you want to work with them. You gotta give them offerings, you gotta call upon them, you gotta summon them with their consent, you gotta honor them, you gotta invite them to your rituals, you gotta reach out to them, you gotta work your ass off to meet them because you might not meet them for years. Like, I haven't met 
I didn't meet an alien until like five years after I started practicing, like craziness, right? Like I first met Ceres, then I met Nalian, then I met Grail, then I met Fafnir, and it's like all these dragon guardians, all of these dragon guardians are not going to work with you unless you, in your heart of hearts, know that you're dedicated, that you are willing, that you want to learn, that you want to pursue this. It's not a path for everybody. It's very grueling sometimes, and even me, like sometimes I fall off the bandwagon and I don't practice for a while, and when I do that, it's even harder for me to contact them because it's just like, they they really honor that connection. They honor the effort. They, they want to work with people who have a strong willpower, unwavering sense of courage, knows how to be honest with themselves, and are just full of determination, perseverance, and honesty. They like a genuine person, so they're not gonna work with anyone, but it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you believe in, it doesn't matter what you're doing with your life, you can work with them, asterisk, if you're dedicated and like, make an actual effort <laughs> otherwise they won't work with you i want to say there was one other question that i saw that was like oh hey is there an elemental dragon guardian for spirit i would say absolutely like i said same thing with elemental dragon guardians of like chaos light and darkness like i said working with purple dragons is really really rare i've said this in previous videos but for example, when it comes to the elemental dragon guardian of spirit, who I don't know the name for, I never have met, I I just, I don't know if they even exist. I'm sure they do though. Like it would be kind of silly to think that they don't. They just like aren't present and it's hard to work with them probably. And they probably like won't ever show your face. Like you think working with the elemental dragon guardians is hard enough? Yeah, well like the elemental dragon guardian of spirit, chaos, light, and darkness is probably like another next step to the next level. So those are the questions I have for you guys. Again, if I did not answer your question in this video, please leave them in the comment section down below or on the post linked in the Hatchling Clan, Unicoven, girl gang all the other aminos i'm in i will answer you as quickly as i can with that being said we are done with this video i know it was a pretty lengthy video pretty intense i hope you enjoy it don't forget to go check out the post link down below with an amino if you want to learn more about these guardians if you need more step-by-step -step instruction as well as if you want to incorporate any of this information in your book of shadows it's all there for you easy to read and write down for you for your notes thank you guys so much for watching i had so much fun making this video I love making the dragon videos. They are like my soul fam bam. So I hope you guys enjoyed my little dragon friend here with me today. This is like my statue representation for Nalian. I felt it was appropriate um, to have him here with us. Them. There is no gender. Uh-huh. For those of you guys who are like, oh my god, you need to be a male or a female. Alright, it can't be either or. Well, guess what? I have news for you. The dragon guardians ain't a fan of gender either, okay? So you can just get over it, alright? They're gender fluid too, okay? Cool. Did you know that the elemental dragon guardians are gender fluid? Well, I bet you didn't. Now you do. Okay. Sending you endless love and light for today. Don't forget to leave a comment down below. Like the video if you want to see more like it in the future and subscribe because I post new videos every week. Woohoo! But until next time, stay geeky cheeky and friday <coughs> little hatchlings <laughs> but until next time blessed be and bye mwah mwah darling draconic blessings my beans okay mwah okay
hatchlings, it's Dragonfeather, and welcome back to the channel. On today's episode, I'm going to share with you guys the basics of Draconic Wicca. Not Wicca, and not the Draconic Path, but the combination of the two of them. And I have my notes here with me so I don't miss anything, and this is just going to be a very general overview of Draconic Wicca, just the basics that you need to know if you're interested in this path, and some first steps that you, may want, that you might want to take if you want to follow this path. First, before we get into anything else, I'm going to give you a really basic definition that I wrote for Draconic Wicca, just because I couldn't really find a good one online. So here we go. Draconic Wicca is a nature-based spiritual practice that consists of Wicca and the Draconic Path. This is a popular combination for certain practitioners of Wicca. Both principles from the Draconic Path and Wicca are incorporated into this practice. Each personal practice will vary from practitioner to practitioner. Not every single Draconic Wiccan is going to follow what I'm going to share with you guys in this video, just like any other practice, any other spirituality. Not everyone's going to be the same, even if they use the same label. Just wanted to clarify that. Traditionally, in Wicca, practitioners believed in the goddess and the god. Not all practitioners in the Draconic Path work with gods and goddesses. However, it isn't uncommon for practitioners of Draconic Wicca to work with dragon gods, goddesses, and deities. So before we get into just a few dragon gods and goddesses that I wanted to share with you guys, it's pretty common for Draconic Wiccans to work with dragon gods and goddesses instead of the actual like god and goddess or like triple goddess and horned god, if that makes more sense. I personally work with both. Like I said, I don't really identify as a Draconic Wiccan anymore, though I do have a lot of Wiccan-based practices in my craft and in my personal practice. I do identify as a Draconic Witch, um, but more so as a practitioner of the Draconic Path rather than a Draconic Wiccan. It's like a very blurry line, you know, it's a spectrum. It ain't just black and white, and some practitioners are going to be completely different, although some would say my practice is pretty much Draconic Wiccan. Some common dragon gods and goddesses are, and forgive me if I butcher these guys' names because dragons have complicated names, and we're continuing. So the first one is Ganejt, god, ruler of the night, opportunities, and a guide. Then there's Morzadan, goddess of bountiful harvests, mother aspect of dragonkind, protective and nurturing. Then there's Solange, god of healing, cares for those who care for others, must plant at least three fruit trees to work with him. And then there's Oida, a goddess of guidance, help, and helps make difficult decisions. These aren't all the dragon gods and goddesses that exist by any means. These are just a few common ones that I personally resonate with a little bit more so than like the dragon god of war. I'm not about to invoke that guy in my house, you know what I mean? But like these are more of the um, lighter aspects of gods and goddesses that are dragons as well. And I figured I would share those with you guys. Traditionally, in Wicca, practitioners would invoke the power of the elements of earth, air, fire, and water within their practice. However, many practitioners of Draconic Wicca will call upon elemental dragon guardians instead. So when we have rituals, like, okay, for example, a Wiccan ritual, you would call upon earth, air, fire, and water, maybe light a candle for all of them to have all the elements present in your space. However, in the Draconic Path, usually you would invoke the power of the dragon guardians, the elemental dragon guardians, and in Draconic Wicca, most practitioners will do the same. Most practitioners will call upon the elemental dragon guardians rather than just the elements themselves because the elemental dragon guardians are the elements personified themselves. So that's why some practitioners will choose to do that. I would say most choose to do it that way, but you never know, you never know. So the earth dragon guardian's name is Grail. 
The Water Dragon Guardian is Nalian, the Fire Dragon Guardian is Fafnir, and the Air Dragon Guardian is Ceres. Moving on, Draconic Wiccans cast spells, perform rituals, or do crafting with the help of their Dragon Guardians, especially Monte. Monte is Every, everybody has Monte. Everybody has a personal dragon guardian that they can reach out to if they choose to work with that being. Um, now these particular beings have known you for lifetimes and their energies are very much entwined with yours. More often than not, when spellcasting, in ritual, in any sort of magical work or crafting, the practitioner will call upon their dragon guardians as many as they want or maybe just one or two or a few and will ask of them to give them their magic like they'll ask the dragons to give them their magic and assist them with their magic so their craft and their spells can be even more like have an extra boost you know what i mean dragon magic conquers all guys it's just that way meeting monte is the first step if you want to try and practice draconic wicca now monte like i said is your personal dragon guardian and probably the best way to get in touch with this particular entity or being whatever you want to refer to them as, is going to be through meditation, automatic writing, maybe some sort of divination, and uh, I think I said, oh, and dream work. That's a great way to meet your dragon guardian as well. Those are the four, like, those are my four top ways to, like, meet Monte and to, like, work with, honestly, any, like, spiritual entity, any mythical creature, any god or goddess, like, anything like that. Like, those are gonna be, like, your top four best ways to contact them and it's kind of up to you to pick which one works best for you because like I said everyone's different and everybody's craft is going to be different so it's all about what finding works with what's best for you. Many draconic wiccans still celebrate the sabbats and esbits but might choose to work with dragon deities rather than the traditional gods and goddesses. For example let's say on Ostara a draconic wiccan instead of worshipping or working with say Oestra I think that's how you pronounce the the goddess who started Ostara, <laughs> but instead of working with her, maybe a practitioner of Draconic Wicca would choose to work with um, Solange instead, which is the dragon god of healing, cares for those who cares for others, and you must plant three fruit trees to work with him. Maybe for your Ostara ritual, you can plant fruit trees to honor your dragon, your dragon deities, essentially, instead of doing it the more like traditional way. That's kind of like the draconic twist on like a Sabbath, for example. And for an Espit, instead of like calling on maybe um, Selene, I think, is the goddess, the moon, a moon goddess, and like Aphrodite or any of those like lunar goddesses. Maybe instead they would work with Morzadan, which is a mother goddess of healing, like the mother aspect of the mother aspect of dragon kind, and she's very nurturing and very loving. And for me, anyway, I relate the moon. I relate the moon with the feminine. So I would work with a dragon goddess, preferably. Although it's totally up to the practitioner what they want to do, how they want to practice, and even some practitioners of Draconic Wicca will work with gods and goddesses as well. But just remember, if you're gonna do that and have them in the same circle at the same time, or in your same ritual space, that the dragon is always held in the highest regard. They are considered above gods and goddesses, like Hecate or Poseidon or Hades. Like, they're considered above that. So just so you know, um, if you're gonna go ahead and work with both at the same time. Conic Wiccans may choose to follow both the Wiccan Reed and the Draconic Ethics or Ring Code. I'm referring to the Ring Code from Mystical Dragon Magic by DJ Conway. Um, not every Draconic practitioner follows that, both of Draconic Wicca or the Draconic Path. It really just depends. The Wiccan Reed, there's a shortened version and there's a really long version, and not every Wiccan follows the Wiccan Reed. Just like not every Draconic Wiccan is gonna follow the 
the Wiccan read, but some may choose to do so. I personally love the Wiccan read and it's a very big part of my practice and my craft, so I do follow it. But I don't consider myself Wiccan, if that. I know, so confusing, aren't you so confused with labels? Labels are so confusing. <laughs> let me stop, let me stop. But seriously, like, it just depends on the practitioner. Draconic ethics are pretty strict. Uh, working with dragons, they're pretty strict. <laughs> Some are more strict than others. Some are more lenient than others, just like humans. But for the most part, if you don't follow their ethics, which I have made a video on dragon ethics, I'll go ahead and link that in the description box if you're interested. But um, if you don't follow those, usually dragons don't want to work with you. Like they just want to make sure you're on the same wavelength as them. And respect is so important in that in this practice with dragons. Like respecting your elders is huge and one of the draconic ethics so it's very good to keep that in mind so if you're interested in practicing draconic wicca i'll go ahead and leave the draconic ethics video for you if you are interested a lot of people probably the most commonly asked question of this whole shenanigans is what's the purpose of draconic wicca like seriously What's it about? I want to know. I'm going to tell you just a little bit of overview. And like I said, again, it's going to be different for every practitioner why they choose to walk this path. But for the most part, this is why. The purpose is to connect with nature and natural cycles. Natural cycles being seasons, lunar cycles, and the natural order of time. Like getting up with the sun and going to bed with the sun, if that makes sense. The next one is becoming our greatest inversion, our inversion? Becoming our greatest versions by embracing our darkness. Embracing your darkness is a really big thing in the draconic path as it is a left-handed path. I wouldn't say draconic wicca is a left-handed path. It's kind of like a balance between left and right-handed because wicca is definitely right-handed path. Instead of working with love and light all the time, to turn around and face your darkness head on and to embrace it head on and like don't hide from it don't shy from it like there's nothing wrong with your darkness everybody has it everybody needs it to be balanced and to exist in this world and so that's a huge part of this and by learning how to embrace our darkness by learning how to look at the things that make us afraid or things that may have hurt us or traumatized us or insecurities we, we may have and like by thinking about it and breaking it down and um, setting ourselves on fire with our guardians to burn away what no longer serves us is a huge part of this practice. Next one and probably last one I'm just going to share in this video is developing connections with dragon kind. Now this is the biggest reason why I practice draconic, the draconic path and it's the same for draconic wiccans too. You want to develop these relationships with these with these beings, with these mythical creatures, because there is nothing like them on Earth. Like they they are across all cultures throughout history. They are very much a part of the human experience, and that's why I feel like many practitioners choose to work with this because nothing kind of beats a dragon, especially in my opinion. I know. Not everyone would agree with me, but come on guys, I'm Dragonfeather and I gotta like, gotta root for my dragon homies, you feel me? Now that I gave you some basics, I also asked in the Hatchling Clan if any of you guys had questions about Draconic Wicca and like any sort of thing relating to that. So I'm gonna go ahead and answer the top voted questions now and then we'll be on out of here. Hey, so this is Dragonfeather interrupting your regularly scheduled content for today because you should join the Hatchling Clan. Why? So you can be part of the Q&As at the end of the videos in the future. And this is a great way for me to connect with you and see what you want to know exactly. And the Hatchling Clan is just a really awesome place to connect with other magical beings on this earth. 
and to become a hatchling because everybody is pretty much geeky, cheeky, and freaky over there. So come join the hatchling clan to discover the magic within. Join the hatchling clan, you know you want to. Okay, so the first question we have is from Noctis and they ask, what will help you earn the trust of a dragon? Also, will the elemental dragon guardians, as well as our Monte, be understanding if we don't if we don't contact them every single day? This is a very good question because I personally struggle to connect with my dragon guardians daily. It's not something that you just like do super easily. I mean, yeah, in theory, you just gotta meditate for 10 minutes, but sometimes it doesn't work for everybody. And as long as you're open and you're honest with yourself and with your guardians about where you are in your life and about how much you want to work with them instead of shying away or avoiding it or coming up with excuses to not work with them, then they'll be understanding. The thing that the thing that's the difference here is like if you're like, you know, go out of your way to avoid practicing because you're afraid or something like that. Trust me, I've been there. But like those types of things, they're not really gonna they're not really gonna put up with that shit. <laughs> but like if, say you have a really busy schedule and like you're trying to like work to pay your bills and maybe you have kids and maybe, you know, you have school, whatever it may be, just as long as you like keep them in your consciousness and maybe even like think about them during the day and talk, and talk to them in your head during the day, it doesn't have to be all fancy by your draconic altar, you feel me? But like, usually they will be understanding and just let them know that you care, you know what I mean? Let them know that you want to work with them and like, hey, I know I had a shitty day today, maybe I don't have time to work with you guys, but know that I want to, I love you, and I'm here for you. And that's kind of where, that's kind of how I feel about that. So our next question is from Ilithari and she asks, what books would you recommend to read about Draconic Wicca or online sources? Unfortunately, I don't know any books that are just Draconic Wicca specifically. So that's kind of why I took my books from Wicca and my books from the Draconic Path and mooshed them together. And that's kind of what worked for me. I am personally really interested in writing a book on Draconic Wicca. Leave a like on the video if you would love to buy that. Like if you would buy a book that I write on Draconic Wicca, would that, would that please you in life? Would that make you happy? For the Draconic Path and more information on dragons, I recommend Dancing with Dragons and Mystical Dragon Magic by DJ Conway. These are some of my best and most favorite books that I have on the Draconic Path. I follow these pretty much the most. These are the books that talk about the inner rings. Um, I am a draconic, a draconic apprentice in the inner rings and each book is a little different. Um, this one goes more into the inner rings and this one's more like just a basic introduction of how to work with dragons. So these ones are a little bit like lighter, like <laughs> not dark, like they're not like super dark magic, but it's like these ones are like more, I would say, Wicca friendly. And any, any like Wiccan books that you have, like Scott Cunningham is a good author. I think that um, Thea Saban, Wicca for Beginners by Thea Saban is a really good book. I, I'm too lazy to go get them. But another book that I got from one of you guys actually is this book here. This is the Draconic, the Draconian Ritual book. This is definitely Draconic Path, like specifically. However, it's kind of like weird the way it's written. And like every time I read a chapter, I'm like all heated, like questioning myself and life. And it talks about like sac does it talk about sacrificial magic? It talks about blood magic and sex magic, and that's kind of more of the darker topics, but 
it's really good to know about that stuff too. Like I said, this path is about embracing your dark side so you can be more balanced. And that's pretty much what this book goes more into and how to like have rituals and stuff. Like it's literally a ritual book. But as you guys can tell, even from the cover, it looks kind of like dark. So it's, it's not like my favorite, I would say, but it has a lot of information in here that like is really good to know when you're starting out this path because Maybe you don't really want to like follow every single thing of the draconic path, but it's okay to pick and choose what resonates with you and what doesn't. That's the beautiful of life. You have a choice, man, to do whatever the fuck you want to do. But yeah, other than that, there's really no like draconic Wiccan specific books that I know of. And I wish there were, I wish I had one, and that's why I'm kind of thinking about writing one. So leave a like if you would actually buy that. I, I would buy that. I would really buy that. That's why I want to write it because there's none that exist. So the next question we have is, are there any similarities between Draconic Wicca and other forms of the craft, such as Fairy Wicca? Um, that's a good question. I would say probably not. <laughs> Draconic Wicca is very much like its own thing and like working with dragons, like I would say it's similar to the Draconic Path more so than anything else. However, when it comes to like Fairy Wicca, like you mentioned, I would say that, I mean, you're working with a mythical creature in both of them, but that's like the only similarity I could really say. I mean, some of the offerings would be the same. Like I know uh, dragons really enjoy cannabis as an offering and fairies do too. It really just depends on what type of division of Wicca you're talking about, but for the most part, Draconic Wicca is kind of its own little bubble over here. And not many people like to be in this bubble. And those who do, are pretty fucking rad in my book. The next question is from Kimmy Chi, and they ask, is Draconic Wicca and the Draconic Path the same thing? Like two different names for one thing. Also, do you have to follow Wiccan rules while practicing Draconic Wicca slash the Draconic Path? I'm interested in the practice, but don't really want to follow the same rules as Wicca since Wicca never suited well for me. Well, if Wicca never really suited well for you, then Draconic Wicca is probably not for you. The Dr Draconic Wicca and the Draconic Path are very different. They do have similarities, this is true, but they are very different in the fact that Draconic Wicca takes a lot of principles from Wicca and infuses it with a lot of principles from the Draconic Path, where the Draconic Path is a left-handed path that not many walk upon for its dark nature. And for a lot of people think that dragons are the devil, so that's kind of bullshit. But I would say that if you want to work with dragons, but you don't want to work with Wicca, then the Draconic Path is going to be better for you because Draconic Wicca is like a combination, it's like a hybrid of Wicca and the Draconic Path, where the Draconic Path is just dragons and just all that jazz and nothing about Wicca unless you want to, like me. Like me, I, I follow the Wiccan read and I have like Wiccan principles and I still celebrate Sabbaths and Espits, but I don't identify as a Wiccan and I don't identify as a Draconic Wiccan, but a practitioner of the Draconic Path. Hope that wasn't confusing, but I hope that answers your question. From Exoripa. I can't pronounce your last name, love. I adore you and your videos are amazing, but I can't pronounce your last name. She asks, what are all the best personal ways to communicate with the dragon? If you don't speak to them for a while, do they just go poof, gone, or do they take in consideration your situation? This is kind of similar to a question I answered previously, but it's a little bit different. I would say the best way to communicate with your dragon guardian is meditation, automatic writing, like dreaming, and divination. Those were going to be probably your best ways to connect with them in my personal practice and in my personal experience. I can't speak for everybody. Like I said earlier, 
If you mean to communicate with them and you're open, you're honest about wanting to do that, they will be understanding and they don't just go poof, they're gone. However, if you take a break from working with them and you go to work with them again, they might not respond to you right away, but they're definitely watching you. And it's something that, it's something to keep in mind about dragons is that they're very silent listeners. They like to watch and observe and make their moves accordingly when they feel it would be best. And sometimes, they are strict and are kind of intimidating, I'll give you that much, but for the most part, they're, in my experience, they're understanding. But sometimes after like a hiatus, if you choose to take one from this path, it might take a little extra effort to get them to work with you again. Next question is, Lunar Leah asked, is there a draconic pantheon? I would say kind of, sort of, yeah. I wouldn't say like, well known. I mean, I would say the dragon gods and goddesses that I mentioned earlier are definitely a part of the draconic pantheon, as well as the elemental guardians, Grail, Nalian, Fafnir, and Ceres. I think they all work into that in the dragon realm. However, I don't have like, this is the main goddess and this is the main god and like this is what they do and all of that like i don't know enough and i feel like most people don't know enough and pretty much everyone who works with dragons is always a beginner it's just kind of how they want to keep it you know dragons are like that so to answer your question i am not sure but maybe in the future if i find more information i can make a video on it our next question is from svita Vasman? Uh, I'll put your name on the screen, but they asked, I've been looking forward to more videos about Draconic Wicca. What makes this path different than normal Wicca? Well, aside from the obvious focus on dragons. Also, recently, I met my spirit guide who turned out to be a dragon, which I wasn't expecting at all. I am not a follower of the Draconic Path, so I have been wondering, will it be rude if I call him Monte? Is it even an appropriate title for him, seeing as he is not guiding me on, dr not guiding me on Draconic Wicca? So to address your first part, the thing that makes Draconic Wicca different from normal Wicca, besides the main focus on dragons, is the fact that you're gonna wanna work with your dark side too. That's really not something that is in any tradition of Wicca, I wanna say. Like, sure, maybe some Wiccans do shadow work, but like legit shit shadow work. Like, oh my gosh, like let's talk about that one time someone abused you and let's rip it out and put you on the path to healing. That's pretty much how they do it. And in order to get you to change, sometimes they rip whatever's holding you back right out of you. No, no tenderness, no kindness, no gentleness. It's like ripping a band-aid off quite often and it sucks sometimes. So that's very different from any tradition of Wicca. To answer your second half uh, for your spirit guide, I would say that it's okay to call them Monte if they're your dragon guardian. It doesn't mean that they have to guide you or whatever on the path of Draconic Wicca. Anyone can work with a dragon outside of the Draconic Path, outside of Draconic Wicca. Literally, literally, you can do whatever you want. Like, it's it's just like if you're gonna work with dragons, like, take into consideration their, their ethics and their code of conduct before you just go willy-nilly working with them. I recommend watching the Draconic Ethics video. And if you do meet these beings, talk to them and ask them like, how, how can I work with you? How can I help you? How can you help me? Like, how can we make this a mutual benefiting relationship? So yeah, that's pretty much it for this Draconic Wiccan video. It ended up being a lot longer than I thought, but this is just the basics of Draconic Wicca. And if you guys like this video, please let me know in the comment section below and let me know what you guys would like to see in the future. And if you like this uh, like Q&A at the end type thing, it's kind of something new that I wanted to try using the hatchling clan just to get 
your guys' feedback and see exactly what you guys want to know so I can help you as best I can. So I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Thank you so much for choosing to spend some of your day with me and my dragon friends today. You're welcome in this, this dragon den of mine, always. I am very grateful for you choosing to click on this video. Now, as this video comes to an end, I wanted to wish you well on your way today and hope that you have nothing but a magical enchanting whatever day, night, or evening you are having. And I hope that you decide to come back in my next video. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure to do so because I post new videos every week. Woo! Other than that, stay geeky cheeky and freaky. Little hatchlings, blessed be, and bye. the one who's so far away when I feel the snake bite enter my veins never did I wanna be here again and I don't remember why I came
I think it's so cute, and I think it's so sweet. How you let your friends encourage you to try and talk to me, but let me stop you there. Oh, before you speak. Is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. I to the I to the no no no. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. I to the I to the no no no. First you gonna say you ain't running game, thinking I'm believing every word. Call me beautiful, so original, telling me I'm not. No, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. I to the I to the no no no. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. Thank you in advance. I don't wanna dance.、Nope. I don't need your hands all over me. No, no. If I want a man, then I'ma get a man. But it's never my priority.、Hey. I was in my zone before you came along. Don't want you to take this personal. Blah blah blah. I be like nah to the ah to the no no no. All my ladies, listen my up. Ladies. If that boy ain't giving, ain't giving up, up, lick your lips and swing、hey. your hips. No, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. I to the I to the no no no. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. I to the I to the no no no. I'm feeling untouchable, untouchable. I'm feeling untouchable, untouchable. I'm feeling untouchable, untouchable.
감추지 못하게 해 남자들의 품위 여자들의 가치 유머를 자신감이 불만해 난 보라듯이 너무나도 뻔뻔히 네 몸속에 파고드는 알레지 이상한 정신에 굴러미는 천지 오늘 여기 문법지 잠깐 누가 시간을 좀 멈춰봐 뭔가 그게 어긋난 걸난 느껴 애써 어색하게 웃어보다 Don't know what to do without you. I tell you. 
Welcome back, my lovelies. It's 7.03 a.m. Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. This is Nanami Suzuki, and you are listening to Truthsicle. Today, we are continuing the topic of Dragon Guardians, but I am going to talk about the different types of dragons, dragon gods and goddesses and dragon mages. Let's begin with what type of dragon guardians there are. First of all, let's talk about Elemental Dragon Guardians, because they are a huge part of the Draconic Path, and are extremely important to know about. I have selected audio from a YouTuber named Azra Dragonfeather. who coincidentally has made several videos regarding Dragon Guardians. If you have yet, if you haven't yet checked out her channel, please do so. It would be a great help for her and a huge help for me as well. I will leave a link to her channel in the episode descriptions. And now, without further ado, let's listen to what Miss Azra Dragonfeather has to say on this subject. Wow, that was amazing. I just love her videos, and I find them to be so educational. Her passion and zeal for her path as a Draconic Wiccan is very contagious, and I find myself always wanting to learn from her. This is indeed a very detailed and well-put-together video. Much thanks to Miss Azura Dragonfeather for posting such an incredibly helpful video. Again, if you haven't checked out her channel on YouTube, what the hell are you doing? Go check it out. Do it right now. Stop this podcast and go and listen to that video and watch that video. Okay. I have, as I said, previously placed the link to her channel in this episode's description box. Hey, truth seekers, this is this segment is about dragon conic deities. Yes, well, the Tasur Isaurus elementals are considered dragon gods. There are also others on the same level as they are. These draconic deities hold great power in the both our realm and their realm. They have a specific role in the universe, much like we do, but their role is not like ours. Their 
far more important. <clears throat> As her dragon brother does cover the topic of dragon deities in her video, Basics of Draconic Wicca plus Q&A, Draconic Wicca 101. Let's have a listen, shall we? Okay, that was awesome. Actually, Azura covered a lot in this video, and I don't think I need to add anything else right now. She basically covered everything having to do with the basics of Draconic Magic, and I am blown completely out of the water with this one. So, that'll be all for this episode's topic of discussion. Now, let's talk about something that I've mentioned in a few episodes that actually would be a huge help. <clears throat> I've been trying to raise funds to build or buy homes for the homeless who can't get their own, but I've discovered what a poorly thought out idea that is. And I have to apologize because that was very much misleading in a sense. And I won't be purchasing homes for the homeless. Instead, for every person that donates $10, I will personally donate half of the money to a charity in the local area. How can you donate? Easy. Here on Anchor, there is this wonderful feature called Listener's Support. And it would be a huge blessing if you, my darlings, could support my channel with a small monthly donation. You can choose how much you donate and every dollar counts. Also, if you are unable to support my channel with a small monthly donation, there is another way to support my channel that won't cost you a dime. That's sharing my podcast with other people. Spread the word and tell me so in, my, in a voice message on Anchor. Those of you who choose one way to support my channel and send me a voice message will receive a personal shout-out in my next episode. With that said, today's shout-out goes to a listener who also follows me on Twitter, Nix the Mutants. Thank you for supporting my channel by spreading the word. This next song is for you.